0: Right on Radio. Right on Radio. And welcome to Right on Radio. I am your host, Jeff. And if you haven't had a chance, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Today I'm going to be addressing a very sensitive subject called Black Lives Matter, but I'm going to give what I'm calling a dissenting view. So first, let's just take the name Black Lives Matter, and who could disagree with that? Honestly, who could disagree with it? This is one of the greatest slogans invented, because you cannot argue with Black Lives Matter. And of course they do. But what I'm going to focus on in this particular broadcast is the organization and what's really behind it. And the dissenting view that I'm going to present is, I actually think this is very, very dangerous, not only for black people, although I think they're being set up here, but it's just obviously dangerous for the country and just relations in general. And I will explain. But first, just a little note on the racial aspect of it. There is no doubt in my mind that this is a real issue. There is no doubt in my mind, but I think it's different again than what is portrayed in the propaganda news media. You see, I am a white man. I have never walked a day in a black man's shoes, but I have talked lots of my friends who are of different ethnicities and black guys and brown guys. And, and there's a lot of common threads. And I will say, as a white guy, when I was a younger guy and I had really long hair, there was some discrimination against me. You know, a, a long-haired guy was back in those days was perceived as a stoner, a rock and roller. There was all kinds of labels attributed to me. And I'll never forget the day I cut my hair and just the world changed. The way people looked at me, the way people talked to me was very, very different. And so having said that, I think for any race. The way we dress and the way we look is going to affect the way people attract to us and the way people will treat us. Now, not to say that color does not come into it, because I think it does. I personally believe that the black man has been suppressed. And I'm talking about more the urban areas, particularly in the big cities in the United States in particular, they have had a hand pressed down on them. And you know, there's lots of great solutions. Let's go out and let's uh, teach them about this and teach them about that, and everything will be better or we'll just inject some cash into that neighborhood and things will be better. But you know what, If, if someone grew up and their father was in prison, their grandfather was in prison, they're surrounded by gangs and things like It is really hard to punch your way out of that. And I believe that many of these urban black communities have been there by design. And that is a really, really sad statement to say. When people are suppressed or held down, they're very easy to control. And unfortunately the black communities in the United States have been a very dependable voting block for a particular party. And so, again, what is the value of a person to people in power? Well, number one, it's a vote, and number two is monetary value, your tax contribution, or even lack of, you're of even greater value if you're on the dole of the government because the number one person's value, which is the vote, is very, very dependable. I do believe this is done by racist motivation as well. Except the racists are not are the ones who are calling everyone else the racist. In other words, in the United States it is extremely obvious that the people who are projecting racism on The one party are the actual racists. If you look at the record, who voted against uh, integration in schools? Who voted, you know, who fought on the behalf of slavery? Who had the KKK head person in their party? And yet you look at the other party, the party of Abe Lincoln who wanted to free the slaves, who have always voted for more freedom and smaller governments and things like that. So, you must be aware of the projection that is going on in this, and usually the ones who are screaming the loudest are the most guilty. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Black Lives Matter. And what do they believe? This is right from their website. And it says, what we believe. Four years ago, what is known as the Black Lives Matter Global Network began to organize. It started out as a chapter-based, member-led organization whose mission was to build local power and intervene when violence was inflicted on black communities by the state vigilantes. In the years since, we've committed to struggling together and imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness where every black person has the social, economic, and political power to thrive. Well, that sounds really, really great. That's the flowery stuff on the top. But what do they really want? Well, first, let's just see who they are. There's three founding members. And by the way, they now have a lot of other people in it. It's become a very powerful machine. And this is part of the reason I want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Because what they're doing actually does matter. They are extremely well-funded. So the three original founding members are people named Opal Timote, uh, Patrice Conkullers and Alicia Garza. So first, let me just look at who they are, and I'm going to give a couple statements. So Patrice Conkullers, one of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, publicly admits that she and fellow fellow founder Alicia Garza, an open homosexual are well-trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. This is in quotes. We are super versed on sort of ideological theories. And I think that we are really trying to do is build a movement that can be utilized by many, many black folk. So there's a couple very key things in there. And by the way, when I mentioned the open homosexual part, and I believe the the third person, Opal Tamadi, I might be getting this wrong, but I believe she's what they call a feminist, whatever that means. But the homosexual part, first of all, I don't care. I don't care what you do in your private, makes no difference to me. But I do point it out in this case, for one specific reason, and we're gonna get into that in a few moments. So just put that as a marker in the back of your mind. Now, the other person uh, was not claimed here to be a trained organizer or a trained Marxist, but Black Lives Matter co-founder Opal Tomates links to communist Venezuelan dictator, Nicolas Maduro, have been exposed. There's plenty of pictures. Google her and Maduro. The pictures come up very easily, which is adding weight to claims that the group may be a radical leftist organization trained to disrupt the American society and promote a modern multicultural variety of Marxist ideology. So now we have the word Marxist and what is this this is a whole new episode of what Marxism is but listen I think most people are familiar with what communism is in fact hold on let me just pull something basically you will never own property everything goes to the state all of your wealth is transferred to the state all of production all the factories all the companies now belong to the state and they spin this in a way that, oh, but now everybody owns everything, and we make democratic control decisions. This has never worked, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. There's all kinds of examples around the world. What happens is a few people become very power hungry, and the rest of the population starves and lines up for bread. This is not an ideal situation. Getting back to the founders, the third founder named Opal Tomate, Black Lives Matter co-founder Opal Tomate's links to communist Venezuela dictator Nicolas Maduro have been exposed, adding weight to the claims the group might be a radical leftist organization trained to disrupt the American society and promote a modern multicultural variety of Marxist ideology and part of the control structure behind that market Marxist ideology is simply this when you control the levers of news dissemination you control the narrative control of the narrative equals power when you are blind what do you see They want you divided. Divided by religion, divided by race, divided by sex, divided by political affiliation, divided by class. You see, when you are divided and angry and controlled, you target those different from you, not those responsible. In other words, you're not looking at the people controlling the levers of power. Sheep! Divided. We are weak. Divided, there is no threat to their control. When non-dogmatic information becomes free and transparent, it becomes a threat to those who attempt to control the narrative and or keep their livestock. When you're awake, you stand on the outside of the stable. Instead of the groupthink that is pushed and very rampant in our society, we can have free thought. Free thought is a philosophical viewpoint which holds that position regarding truth that should be formed on the basis of logic, reason, and empiricism, rather than authority, tradition, revelation, or dogma. Right on, right on, right on As I have said in previous podcasts If you really want to find out the truth You gotta follow the money So I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of questions In which I'm gonna provide the answers But first let me just give you a spoiler alert Black Lives Matter is a front to funnel cash donations to Biden, their promoters, and other Democratic Party service providers. So here's a few questions that I'm going to answer, but I think you'll find it interesting. What percentage of BLM donations between June 1 and July 1, 2020, went to the Biden campaign for president? What percentage of total Biden's campaign presidential donations or money raised came from BLM donations in June. Why is Black Lives Matter pushed every four years? And by the way, who pays for Al Sharpton to fly private? That race baiter. Come on, even black people gotta admit that guy just wants to divide people. So, let me ask, does BLM's donated money end up in Sharpton's foundation? What outside groups donate large money sums of money to BLM, knowing it is then routed to Biden campaign for president and other friendly Democratic service providers? Hmm. How do you avoid campaign finance law? How do you clean or wash money? Is this about improving the quality of Black Americans? Or something else? Brothers and sisters, this is sure starting to look like a bit of a shell game to me. You see, when you go onto the Black Lives Matter website and you click donate, you're taken immediately to a company called ActBlue. ActBlue is a fundraising platform for the Democratic Party and its contributors as well. But what's interesting is people can donate from all around the world to this particular charity, Black Lives Matter, which is actually under a different company. I forget the name of it now off the top of my head, but Black Lives Matter is actually just an agreement with another A company that gives it some charitable status. But then all the donations are handled through this thing called Act Blue, which is Powering Democratic candidates and parties. So listen, you could be a Republican, a very strong Trump supporter, but you say, you know what, I I support Black Lives Matter because who could disagree with that? And you donate your hundred bucks or a thousand dollars or like all of these big corporations donating like up to a billion dollars each. In some cases, this is very big money. But listen to this. All donations to Black Lives Matter are rooted through the Democratic Funding Org. So, this is powering the Democratic candidates. Did you know that when you donated to Black Lives Matter? So, how much did Biden for president get from Black Lives Matter from June 1st to July 1st, or till June 30th? Well, he actually received 119 million dollars, $253,857. By the way, so $120 million roughly is what he got from Black Lives Matter. But his total fundraising for the month of June was $131 million. So he only actually raised $11 million, but he was given $120 million. Now, what's interesting about this, and you can follow, this is actually printed off, so even though Biden is the presumed candidate, Bernie Sanders, his uh, Bernie Sanders 2020 pack received $186,780,034 from Black Lives Matter, and of course, Elizabeth Warren is still getting money. She's got almost, well, she's got 93 and uh, Pete for America was given 78 million. Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, 56 million. Amy for America, 43 million. Friends of Andrew Yang, 31 million. Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, 31 million. Democratic National Committee, almost $30 million, and Amy McGrath for Senate, $29.5 million. So now that we understand that BLM really is a fundraising shell organization for the Democratic Party, let's take a real good look at what the Democratic Party is doing for BLM in return. This is where really gets shocking. Okay, before I continue to tell you exactly how the Democratic Party is helping BLM for the fundraising in return, I want to make a couple quick little points. The first one is, I don't want to just be picking on the Democratic Party. First of all, not everyone in the Democratic Party is in on this. There are probably probably, some good Democratic politicians. I'd also like to make the claim that I believe half of the Republican Party are Democrats as well. So there you go. The other point I wanted to make is, remember the beginning of the podcast when I pointed out that one of the co-founders is a feminist, whatever that is, there's many different definitions, I'm not even going to go there, but the other two are blatant homosexuals who come out and admit that. Why does that matter? Because what Black Lives Matter stands for, they purposely put in their documents that they are against the nuclear family. Now, being against the nuclear family is probably one of the biggest problems that community has. And by the way, not just that community, the whites and everything as well, the degradation of the family structure. When children grow up without a father, mostly, I know there are some single fathers as well, but when you grow up without a father, you are more likely not to succeed. What else is the Democratic Party helping them with, and what do they believe in? Well, they de- believe in defunding the police. We've heard that before. And what do they want to replace it with? They want to replace it with a community policing, uh, some kind of element. Listen, it, that translates into extortion ring. There's no law. There's no jails. They, By the way, they want to abolish jails and make basically crime gone. But you have to pay the community police, reading between the lines, for protection. Hmm, where did that come from? I think this racket has been done before. So how are the Democratic parties helping them out? Well, we see all through America, currently, there's all these cities that are being vandalized. All the stores are being broken into and looted. They're not peaceful protests like you might see on the mainstream media. There's actual video and facts. These are extremely violent They're absolutely terrible, they're ripping down statues, because, of course, Marxists want to remove the history and rewrite it. If we know where we came from, we can get better from there, and after all, that is the promise of the American flag. It isn't a racist flag, it's a promise that we're not perfect, but we're striving to get there, and every year we do try to get better. Now, you'll notice that all of the riots and the looting are only happening in democratically controlled cities. These are cities that are controlled not only by democratic governors, mostly, but the mayors in particular, and most of the councils are radicalized. And so they are putting the handcuffs, so to speak, on the police and not letting the police uh, enforce the laws. They're hurting their own community. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. When there's no police, rich people can afford their own security. Let's just state that. Who suffers the most? It's the poor communities. The poor communities need the policing the most. So is this a pro-life, pro-black movement? And by the way, speaking of pro-life, if all black lives matter, then why aren't they protesting against all of the people who are being slaughtered in places like Chicago. You know, 15 people in a weekend, children, Atlanta, all of these cities, but they're not protesting for that. It's only when one cop takes out a bad dude. And by the way, they're both bad dudes. Did George Floyd deserve to die? No. Did he die? I don't know. That's another podcast. But I will say, in that case, because this seems to have inflamed everything, the facts that are not in the mainstream media is George Floyd and Officer Chauvin, his murderer, worked together. They knew each other. Oh, and by the way, all of the buildings that were burned in Minnesota just happened to be owned by one very connected family. And there seems to be some more going on behind the scenes, but that will be for another investigation. So the Democratic Party is using Black Lives Matter essentially as an enforcement arm, an illegal militia, to go around and destroy and to create division in the land. And there's a purpose to this. Why would they want to destroy their own cities? Well, I'm getting there. But they wanted to create division. And by the way, they brought in Antifa as well. Antifa and Black Lives Matter just seem to be controlled by the same parties. Now, who is controlling that? Is it the Democrats? No, someone's controlling them as well. So I'll only take it as far as to say, listen, you could probably connect George Soros to both entities. But the answer to who is really pulling the strings is much deeper than that, and I'm not ready to go there on this podcast yet, although I promise you I will get there, just when you find out what is really going on, you'll probably be like me and ball your eyes out because it is sick. So how is the Democratic Party using them? They're using them as this private army. They think that they can go and, uh, you know, these are just people and a lot of people don't even know the whole mission, but they think, hey, I can get some free TVs, I can do some chaos and, uh, and I'm protected because they're basically telling these protesters they will not be arrested at all. Or anything, but what they're doing is they're setting them up. And by the way, I don't know if you saw the video footage, but there was also the black militia that was coming up and marching on Stone Mountain. These people who claim to be ex military, there's probably about two to three hundred of them, uh, all very armed, and they're blatantly calling out the Patriot armies to come out and fight them because they're trained and they're ready and they wanted to have a gunfight. Well, you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is a big part of the point. We know that in the United States, guns are rampant. There's hundreds of millions of guns. A lot of the gun owners are owned by these people that call themselves patriots, who actually train in military-type strategies and stuff like that in case the country falls into anarchy. What I believe is actually happening here is by the police standing down, these communities being just ravaged, and with Trump not willing to pull in the military at this point, they are hoping that the militias will come out and attack and kill. This black militia, they were all marching up this stone road, or towards Stone Mountain, if they were calling them out they were sitting ducks it could have been a massacre if people by by half of the amount of people just pro- properly positioned and that's the point because again that would be a made-for-TV movement. They wouldn't be called patriots. They'd be called white supremacists. And it might just be people fed up with their communities being ravaged, but they would be labeled guaranteed on TV as white supremacists. So not only are the Democratic Party and Democratic mayors using the black people, and Antifa, which is now labeled as a terrorist organization, so these poor little video game watching white kids that are going out and apologizing for being white are also being set up because when they touch a statue, when they mark anything that's especially federal right now, they're looking at a minimum of 10 year sentence in federal prison. This is serious. These people are being set up. And what would happen if there was a massacre? if these if, if a thousand patriots came out of the woods and just started shooting all these looters, then the unrest would be even greater. Ladies and gentlemen, this is racist and it is racist against the black people. And unfortunately, in my opinion, the organization of Black Lives Matter, and, to some extent, if not fully, the Democratic Party as well, because they are going along with it. What Democrat has actually stood up and said something patriotic? Something to call out and stop the violence? I have not seen one. They say we might not go along with violence, but they don't say to stop. They say we respect cry and everything else and they're encouraging these people so I just want to say this is a, this has been a hard broadcast to do because I know it's a controversial subject I might not have covered everything but I wanted to get something out. Listen my heart goes for anyone who's oppressed and I know the plight of the black man is real. I just don't think it's what's being said on TV and I think a lot of people are falling into some traps and many people just believe what's going on so I just want to close out in prayer and say Father God Lord touch us as a people protect our countries protect our sovereignty and our ability to make free choices Lord, Lord, expose the darkness to your light as your light is the greatest disinfectant. Lord, I pray for a free and prosperous people. Remove these shackles from us all, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this broadcast. Please remember to like and subscribe. You can go on to Spreaker.com user slash right on radio if you want to subscribe directly or just keep liking and please do share some of these episodes if you agree. Uh, Also, you feel free to leave me comments. I cannot promise that I get to them right away because I don't do a lot of social media these days. I'm trying to keep my mind a little bit clear from it, but I do wanna hear your comments, good or bad. The only thing I say is if you make a bad comment and you're not using your own name, then I consider you a troll. If you want to say something negative, man, I can take it, and I'm open to criticism on this broadcast in particular. I have a lot to learn. I don't have all of the answers, but if you're going to say something really negative, use your own name. Otherwise, you're a coward. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Right On Radio. Right on radio. Right on radio.